What's up, y'all? Another episode of Ready, Set, Go. We in the building. You know who it is. Jay Gad in the building and your favorite coach in the world. Back in the building, Will Collins, man. You know what time it is, baby. University. Yes, sir. So, Will, what are we going to talk about today, man? What are we we on today? Let's jump right in. You know, track and field is a sport much like boxing, bro. It it, it needs rivalries. It needs uh, a storyline where boys need to go at it, you know? Okay. So, for us, I remember growing up just watching track and field, and there was a bunch of epic rivalries. Um, I mean, we can just start off with like one of some of the most recent ones, right? Just to keep people's mindset open on the recent ones. Uh, Shakari, Shakari versus all the Jamaicans, right? Okay. Shout, shout out to all my Jamaicans, you know. Shout out to Shakari too. Y'all already know all my Caribbeans. Y'all know yep. what time it is. But that is that's one. That's one that's people notice, and we've seen the memes, you know, where Shakari was giving an interview, and then Shellyanne was behind her, like making that. The face. The face. The like, face. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, the rivalry between, I guess, um, more recent. Uh, give me a rivalry, brother. Give me a rivalry. I mean, you can look at, I mean, I like the one between uh, Noah and Coleman a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, theirs is a little more deeper rooted, not just competition wise. It's just like from a, a visceral place. Like I'm just human to human kind of feeling. You well, know explain what I mean? to me about that one. See, now you open in my eyes. What, what, what is the, the beef between Coleman and, 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 and I, I didn't, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a track guy. I'm a track coach. I seen, you know, like, oh, they was going right. at it as competitors. So but for me, it no started beef. back in 20, 2018, okay. right? So mm-hmm. we ran at Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Um, the race was stacked with everybody in that race. And I think no one edged out Coleman for the win. He mm-hmm. that was his first time Noah ran nine eight. Yeah, right. Yeah, and a reporter asked him and said, "So were you looking at the clock to see what time you were going to run?" And coincidentally, the same way the direction of the clock was for him was Coleman on mm-hmm. his inside. Mm-hmm. And his comment was, and I'm just paraphrasing, was, "Why do I need to look at the clock?" Mm. And he left it like that. <laughs> and then that kind of sparked up of, uh, a more of like a, a little a Twitter beef that started yeah, happening. Yeah, a little like, slight shade. In exactly. The, in the, in the, okay. Exactly. And kind of it kind of spilled into the next season, but for both of them being, you know, from other events as in like a 100 meters to a 200 meter specialist, you know, they didn't see each other as much when it came to the running part. But it was a little it was a little heavier when it came to the relay side on the 2019 relay side because it was... Oh, y'all had to be on the relay team had, together. Yeah, we had to be on the relay team together, Oh, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, that, hey, first of all, so, look, yeah. We, we did our thing though in that relay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 2019 yeah, yeah. brought that gold yeah, back from the yeah. world championship. Shout out, shout yeah. out, shout out, gold medalist. Y'all know yeah, how y'all for doing. sure. Mike Rogers. Yeah. Chris and Coleman. Shout Noah out, Lyles. shout out to the gang. Mike. Shout out to DJ Mike. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> my boy. Um, but no, seriously though, the the shade had to keep going though, right? When y'all was in the camp doing relay, or they, were they were they cool to do handoffs? I mean, they never had to do handoffs with each other because they ran. He ran first. Well, they leg, were cool Y'all was eating breakfast and stuff. How was boys? All right, so you know, it's an energy, man. When you deal with a re- relay, it's not yeah. always about okay, are you getting the handoffs right? But it's also about the energy. Yeah. You gotta realize that the same team that you're about to run to hope to win a gold medal with, break a world record with, yeah. are usually the same guys you're competing for a spot on a relay team, or yeah. not even a relay team, but a world record team, yeah, uh, Olympic team. Um, a world championship team. And that's team. serious in the U.S. side because we always have guys that are competitive at that level running nine sevens and stuff like that. So 
your guy, you know, in other countries, well, they might only have one gentleman that might be running somewhere in the nine eights. Exactly. We've got like three or four guys yeah. that's close to the nine seven. I would say about forty five percent of your top competitors are on that same team as you yeah. right now. And now you got to put your differences aside and be like, all right, man, let's work together. Mm. I got to get comfortable. You know, but that's the part of the reason why y'all. I mean, this, well, I keep saying y'all. Well, you know, I'm kind of foreign, so I, I, I be, I can do what I want. I yeah, guess, you right? foreign, dog. You yeah. foreign. <laughs> You're a little foreign. <laughs> so I'm a little foreign, but um. When I say y'all, I mean the United States team. Mm -hmm. um, man, y'all dropped the stick a lot. You know what I mean? And you know, I ain't, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a hold my tongue kind of guy. The reason why the United States drops the stick so much is because there is no synergy between these fellas. There's too many fast people on the team, and there's too many situations where I feel like um, it's not like the countries, other countries, where they run for their team and they run in in relays together at other meets because they run for different companies usually. I, I, have to, I have to agree to disagree on that one. Okay. I, I think more or less it's not about the fact that you have fast guys on too many fast guys on the team. It's about how do you harness, like you said, the synergy. And what happens is you need more time. You don't need just three days of relay practice. And then you think, oh, everyone's going to cooperate and go and work well together, right? Mm. They're going to work together, but are they going to work well together, mm. right? Because mm -hmm. um, you don't trust your competitors, you know? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we need more time. If we want to be an elite team and a team that's always winning, we know we can because the numbers show that we can. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that we need more practices. We need to have more time together. And what happens is a lot of these athletes, especially the high profile athletes, they have obligations outside of just that relay to be able to handle. It could be other races that are paying bigger, bigger bucks. It could be commercials or advertisements or whatever else they mm -hmm. have to do. Mm -hmm. So it's about... Not just thinking that, okay, guys, we got to get together for the glory, but give these guys a little more money. You want a specialist knowing that this is going to get you a gold medal, you got to pay them and get that gold medal. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I thought, and, you know, I don't think we're agreeing to disagree. I think we're agreeing to agree. I said that the other countries, they actually run together and have more time together Yeah, to run together. If they go to Texas Relays, it's Canada running together usually if they're, if they're all together, if they're in the same area, usually. Make that... Make that rep count. Yeah. They say, hey, let's figure this Make out. that rep count. Yeah, let's figure this out here. At yeah. least if we mess up, we're going to figure it out the next time. You know, exactly. We, we got one in. Yeah. No, I, I respect what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but what I do mean by saying fast guys, too many fast guys, it's just like having a concert with too many headliners. When you have a concert with too many headliners, you might have a fight for the first, second, and third spot of the of the show. You might be having fights for who gets what and how much money. <clears throat> now, stuff, stuff, stuff is different. I mean, I can see that part over time. Michelle, you know, Michelle, right? Michelle Freeman. Yeah. Uh, so Michelle's a good friend of mine. And, yeah. and, and she tells me about the stress she gets being the the relay coach for the United States. You know what I'm saying? She's I like, get it. It's I, I 20 years of being relay. I understand. You know what, what I'm I know, saying? I know yeah. what the you environment's gotta, like, dude. You got to deal with I cats. see some cold stuff. Yeah. But you got to deal with them too. I, you, you got, for her, she's just got to deal with a whole bit of different personalities, right? Yeah. And be able to how, how to get these personalities to work together mm -hmm. and how can we make sure that we get, you know, we can trust each other enough to be able to pass sticks back and forth blindly, right? But you don't think that the fact that you guys are high profile people is like, you know, in the fight, for positioning, I guess sometimes it's not as it's not nowadays you don't it think hasn't it's been as bad. You don't think it's politics. Nowadays it hasn't been as bad as it's been in the past. Okay, good. And I guess audience, what we're talking about is the fact of when you have relays, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. 
And usually somebody wants to run anchor leg. Mm -hmm. So now you got people fighting for the anchor leg position mm -hmm. because they want the glory. They want to come across mm -hmm. the finish line and be like, mm -hmm. uh, I got it, right? So um And then they got the lower level coach who's saying, Well shit, he's you need to put him in the rounds, dude. He's gonna get you into the finals. They're gonna be fighting for that young guy to get that opportunity to shine on TV. Somebody gonna be fighting for the, the kids, for the athlete. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everyone, everyone's gonna fight for Basically, the athlete. Basically, so you gotta deal with that. And the higher, the higher you up you are, but at the same time, I feel like when it comes to relays, that it has to be the fact of you gotta facts. know what you're good at, what your attributes are. <laughs> just facts. You ain't gonna put Noah Lyles out the <laughs> hole. He ain't gonna run the first leg. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how many cameras <laughs> up there. He's not running first leg. He's a yeah. top end speed runner. That's, That's what you put him at. That's facts. Vice versa when it comes to Coleman. That's why you put him out the hole. True. Even with him becoming the world champion in 2019, he ran first leg. Who's the fastest female third leg right now, you know? Fastest female third leg? Yeah. My boy, uh, Prandini. Prandini, Prandini looks fire, dog. Prandini. Shout out to Prandini. <laughs> I feel like Prandini kind of locked that third leg down, bro, man. I swear she, to God, bro. Hey, she look. did an amazing job. Prandini. This is a, and look, I use Prandini as the, the model. And I think it has to do because she's light too. You know what I mean? But she also is so secular, so linear. And she hits that curve without a lean, so solid. Bro, I've seen her last year. We was at the Texas Relays, and I forgot what she was running, bro. I think she was running third leg. Oh, no, she was on third leg. They was running relay. I mean, I've been know about it. I've been seeing it. That girl's immortal, bro. Come to find out, bro, like, she she has really good form. She does. Now, I'm thinking about her it right now. Her form is crazy. Her, her form is pretty flawless, dog. Yeah, it it's is crazy. Pretty, it's really good form. It's crazy. And yeah. she's so light. Yeah. She's, so, she's crazy, bro. Her technique is... I use her as the model, bro. She's insane. So I don't know if this is true or not, but it was a, it was like a whispers going around. I don't want to say rumor, but whispers going around. I never asked her, but I want to ask her yeah. one day when she was going to turn pro yeah. and then she was deciding, not only did she have the opportunity to run for USA, but actually uh, Italy came into the picture Man. because of her bloodline. Yeah. Italy was offering like a million dollars to Oof. sign with just to cut, be a citizen of Man. Italy and run for Team Italy. Do you not know? I don't know. I don't man. know if it's true or not. And but look, I mean, if it was, would you do that? Hell yeah. And look, you would leave us, dog? Man, hell yes. Yeah, you a foreigner. I'm, I'm look, yeah, you foreign, absolutely. Boy. Hey, look, 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 look at the camera, guys. I'm gone. Well, you foreign like a Ferrari, hell boy. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> shit, I'm going to be in the Ferrari <laughs> shit. I ain't going to be in no, no Toyotas. I know that. I'm going to be in the Ferrari. So look, I'm going to give you all an understanding because y'all may not understand it. People that are laymans. So you're not in the track and field world. Everybody doesn't make money. So in the United States, if you're a fast sprinter, right, you're running against other fast sprinters, guys that run nine sevens and nine eights. So for you to make bank, you ain't gonna make more bank than guy that run faster than you unless you popular, right? And even then, you still ain't gonna make that bank. The real thing about being in part of a foreign country is that you're the biggest fish in a smaller pond. Also, they have funding towards what you're doing. Plus, they sell things. And they want to sell it through you. Especially when you're Olympic year, Absolutely. they want to sell it through you. You the guy. Yeah. So like you bruh, got the whole country on your back. You a hey, whole country's on your back. Bruh, you think I'm not finna go, man? Please, I'm taking the check. I'm taking that money and I'm rolling and I'm rocking with Italy. I'm rocking with them. Go ahead and make sure you just give me a passport or diplomatic hey, hey, immunity you of some be, sort. You gonna be I'm over there with you, You gonna be eating lasagna be with me? <laughs> all that, that fettuccine, all that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but back to what we talking about: mm -hmm. rivalries, rivalries, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, man, which rivalry? Sticks out in your mind and why? The the biggest one. Or somebody who has generated a lot of rivalries you felt. Man, look. The king of rivalries is um, 
is the OG, man, Michael Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Michael do have a couple of rivalries, hey, though. Hey, Michael is the 50 cent of beefs, you know what I'm saying, before <laughs> anybody in the track and field game ever. That's facts. That's facts. Like, Michael Johnson is the 50 cent of beefs. He still be having two of the beefs, but he, he had be one on with RG3. Hey, man. look, yeah. RG3, shout out. That's my guy. We grew up with RG. Shout, shout out, out to RG2. Shout out to the Pops, too. And shout out to Michael Johnson. You you were literally the guy, the reason that why well, I ran track and ran the 200 is because of Michael Johnson. You wanted them gold spikes, though, didn't you? Though? I bought them. I had the little, had little uh, gold, the, the, black, one, the little gold, black stripe the one. Black, yeah, I had them. <laughs> and look, those are the worst spikes ever made, Michael Johnson's. Those are socks with spikes on the bottom. They, I actually exploded my lace off the top part running the 200 in Judson, For in real? San Antonio Judson. I ran 20 point that day, but my damn spike exploded. Well, you know, those spikes were probably mass, mass produced, boys. Uh, as many spikes as you selling back then, man. Hey, bro, you shouldn't have ran no sprints in them spikes. Those spikes <laughs> were so, them things were so cheap. But back to what I was saying, Michael Johnson was causing beef across the generations. And like he was saying, the most recent beef with RG3, he ain't even running track no more. He's still starting, starting drama. But let's go back to where he started from. It was him and Donovan Bailey. And that's a very, very pivotal moment because... At that time, most individuals weren't going head to head. And, and what it was, um, people don't really understand that the economy of track and field was changed and forever changed once Carl Lewis came, right? So Carl Lewis came and he started the, that was back in, I believe the 80s, like the 84 range, something like that. Yeah. So back in those ranges. Four, he, four to 88. Yeah. So he was, he was, he was. Um, making meets give him a, a appearance fee. And then he would pull up in limos and create fanfare. He used his star power to generate more fanfare, more finances for the stadiums. And he said, because of that, I need to get compensated. That's what he was stating. That's how I felt like he was stating that. That occurred. So then... So he's operating like a brand before a brand was even like a human's considered a brand. Shout out to the originator of the economy of track and field for sprinters and for athletes in general. Shout out to Carl Lewis. But that's the truth. He started yeah. that. He was in a limo and he was being a brat. He was being a whole, you know, whatever. But he was doing that for the sake of what it takes to make the economy change for the, for the game. And it's really for himself, maybe. That's what people were feeling like. You know, are you just doing it for yourself? But I mean, he changed the whole game for everyone. That's why you were getting paid and everybody else is getting paid nowadays. Because he, appearance fees specifically. Yeah. Because he made it happen. So moving forward, Donovan Bailey was another first. And people don't know this, but I know it because he was on our live with me and Anson. Shout out to Anson Henry. So we had a live and Donovan explained that he owned the entire meet. Donovan Bailey owned the meet between him and Michael Johnson. So the 150 that him and Michael Johnson ran. That was owned by DB, bro. That was owned by the, the, the man. Donovan... And it, not only ran it, but he hosted it and owned the whole meet. That's a that's how they're doing it now. So he was doing some Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather before stuff. Floyd he was Mayweather and Mayweather and track game before the game was ever was like that. And you know, that's what I'm getting at today, you know, and that's what happened with Michael Johnson. He paid Michael Johnson for him to pull his dick. I mean, I mean he didn't pay him to lose, but he beat Michael Johnson and then paid him a check. You need, you need to sprinkle a lot of allegedly's in there, right? Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly's, allegedly's, allegedly's. allegedly's. <laughs> I don't know what y'all had going on in the background, Mike, but you know, he ain't say nothing about it. He paid you nothing, but he just paid you the money that he agreed to. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> so, and shout out Donovan, bro. You getting it. But long story short, that drama started and they made a whole situation out of that that everybody got paid, everybody was happy. 
and boys lost and won, bro. It was what it was. And it created a moment in time that we're discussing now. Fast forward, Michael Johnson, Hayden, you be hating, Mike. Hayden ass was over here, Hayden, talking about Usain Bolt. Like, bro, you're not even running. And he's a commentator on, remember he was a commentator. Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw- Not one Olympics, multiple Olympics. It was multiple. It was multiple times, world championships and Olympics, multiple times. Bro. Hey, y'all know what time it is. If you're not watching Ready, Set, Go, then you need to have your eyes on prize picks. It's a daily fantasy sports game. Rod, tell them what it is. Man, let me tell you how easy it is. Use our code, Gatlin. Head over to prizepicks.com or download the app and let's get it popping. At Prize Picks, you don't play against anybody. You play only against the Prize Picks projections. You pick between two to six players and you select either more or less against the Prize Picks projections. And you know the best part about it? It takes less than 60 seconds to make your entries. Now that's my kind of sport. You guys know I'm always flying with my Eagles, but Prize Picks does way more than just the NFL. They do the NBA, track and field, and a plethora of other sports. Tap into Prize Picks. And with Prize Picks, you can win up to 25 times your money. You can turn 10 into 250, and you can turn 100 into 2,500. You get what I'm saying? Cha-ching! With our code Gatlin, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. That means if you put in $10, they'll put in $10. If you put in $50, they'll put in $50. But we all know you want to put in $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash Gatlin and use the code Gatlin for the first deposit match up to $100. It was just, it, for me, it was funny because every time he would say, oh, Usain Bolt's not going to run that fast. He taxed himself. <laughs> and that's how he sounds. He taxed himself through the, through the semis and, you know, he ran a little too fast. I don't think he has what he had, needs to get it done to break the world record in the finals. That's how he talks, right? So, after Usain Bolt breaks the world so record. So, that's your, that's your impression of Mike. That's my impression of Mike. So, after Usain Bolt breaks the world record, right? Yeah. <laughs> the camera pans back to Mike while he's in the box in the studio and uh -huh. then he's like this. He's like, <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I, I, well, I guess he's done it. He, you got to say he is the king. Uh, I'm, I'm one. I want to, man, boy, you look crazy, Mike. Whatever. That's, that's a tough one, though, bro. That's a that's a tough one. You know why it's tough though? Because the fact that you always lean on these accreditations oh. to be able to say you are the man, and yeah. no one else has done what you've done, and then you you have to sit not only and watch the uh, your records and, being broken, and you had to eat it while you on TV, and you had to be able to talk about it on TV <laughs> in real time. That's hard, dog. That's hard. You can't tell me that's hard, hey, dog. And that's probably... Because I'll be sitting in that box like, man, this man about to break my record, dog. Oh, man. Hey, I, he's I broke my record. shady, but that's probably why he was so stressed the hell out when he retired, right? He had to watch <laughs> this shit happen right in front of his face. Yeah, like, man, this that's is, different. His legacy being taken down in front seat, you got to talk about it. Yeah. And I think that's probably why they put him out there. They was like, let's see the legend. See what happens when he got to watch... Yeah, get through. He probably was envisioning like... he probably like, dethroned. He probably think he'd be like... 89, 90 years old, <laughs> and then somebody's gonna come whisper in his ear and say, Hey, somebody just broke your world record, nah, man. Homie. Oh, man, it's about time. You reporting on it, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you reporting on it. That's hard, bro. That's, I ain't gonna lie. That's you got hard. your kids at this thing. Yeah, that's watching hard. you getting taken down. That'll be hard but look, for me. I'm not happy that they took you down, Mike. But what I am happy is, is this, though. And so I, people understand the narrative. And we gotta be transparent because, look, this is, this is a show for the culture. And this is track culture. Mike, we think you're a hater. You know, people think you're a hater. You know what I mean? Why do you think he's a hater? For Mike is a hater. He's I'm hater. just playing devil's advocate here because he talked a lot of trash about me uh, in 2017. You he's a hater. Yeah. 
Justin Gatlin feels you're a hater as I well. Okay, like that's hater, what he's but saying you did some right hater, now. I know Justin. You did some okay. haterish things to me, Doug. See, you did some haterish things to me. So this is what we're getting at. We, I, I love you. I love you for real as a, as a person, as, as a real person, not as Michael Johnson. I like you as a person, but you know, on TV and many of times in the track game, you know, we're already battling off people that don't know about our sport. We're already battling um, people talk about you know everything about our sport. Just, just, just talking down on our sport. And we don't need you to do the same. We don't need you to stop us or, or say another future person that's not going to make it. You know, I don't want to hear that. Even if he ain't going to make it, I don't want to hear that. I'd rather you be like, <laughs> well, after he did make it, you said you come with the, what I might have done would have been this, but he has a great talent. I know he's going to be successful. That's beautiful way of saying, you know, you fucked up today. You know what I mean? And you know, it could, you could have done it better. I would have done it this way. Oh, Instead of doing it prior and just saying, I don't think he's going to do it. Don't do that. I, I like the way he did it because it was so entertaining when he it did. Was, when it, when he, did, he did do it. <laughs> when he did do it, it was like. Hey, you the, you Joe, you the Joe Budden. Was, he's a Joe Budden. He's a Joe Budden in track and field. You the Joe Budden in track and field. It, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it was a fact that when he did do it, it was like I wanted to see his face yeah. and his reaction more than I wanted to see you saying celebrate. <laughs> I was like, man, hey, that was a tough one, and, dog. And do you remember when Usain got in there? He started telling the interviews. He started getting on Mike's head. I don't know, Mike. How do you feel about it? You know, he started doing. I didn't it. see that. Oh, he did. He was yeah. doing it. It was like some. It was some good content. He's like, well, Mike, tell him how you feel. And then you know, he's like, you know, you know, I'm, I ain't gonna lie to you. Usain is is a masterful artsman of taking the spin of negative narratives and making it playful, keeping oh, yeah. it in his favor. He does. I like that. He does. I like that. Guys, if you're not watching, please pay attention to that. He is. Um, who else we got? Who else we got? Oh, man. Who do you want to talk about? That's funny, though. You brought, the, you brought that one up. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, man. We talked about the Jamaicans, right? We did. Let's talk about Asafa versus you. Okay. Let me, right. let me set the stage on this. So, what what time? What year was that? Twenty two thousand and six type time. What time was this? What era was this? When y'all when the beef was at its height? At its height, it was like two thousand six. But so, I mean, it started from four four. Uh, it started from two thousand three. Yeah, like the moment we both turned pro indoors. Didn't he run indoors it, too? Did he run indoors? Yeah, he did. He ran fast. He just I don't know how far he made it, but he I ran, forgot if he ran indoors or not. He did. He was young. He just wasn't popping. Like he ran like but, six six something. Okay, but um, I know it was outdoors for sure because mm -hmm. we were, me and him were going back and forth in the B heats. We weren't even in the A heats yet. We mm -hmm. still was rookie rookies, mm -hmm. and me and him were diving in the line, running pretty much the exact times, and mm -hmm. we were beating everybody in the A race. Mm -hmm. So we were winning overall from the B race mm -hmm. and taking the prize money for both of us yeah. from the B races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they start bumping us up to the A races. It's like, mm -hmm. oh man, hold on. Like, y'all getting beat by them anyway, so you might as well throw them in the mix. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I mean, our rivalry stems all the way back from our first couple of professional races, bro. And then mm -hmm. we kind of just, it just stemmed from there. That climactic moment, though, I feel like was when that Prefontaine, where they had put y'all in two different 100 meter races. Like, explain to them the significance of being at a high profile meet, you know, and then people don't understand the, the economy. 
Moy's talking business, right? Yeah. The business behind that, what was the business behind that? Why did they do that? And why is that such a situation where you had to do that? Why not? Why did Nike choose to do that at the Prefontaine? I'm glad you asked that because a lot of people would think like, okay, y'all ducking and dodging each other. Mm -hmm. And that was never the case. It was the fact that in the history of track and field, since humans have invented what track and field as a sport is, mm -hmm. there's never been two individuals who held the 100-meter record at the same time in the same era, right? Already bullseye on top of bullseye, basically. And our next race that we were going to race against each other was Prefontaine. Mm. Now, we both are contracted by Nike, right? Which owns Prefontaine. You have to show up. You got to pull to show up. up. You it's have in your to. contract. You got it's to. It's in your contract, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. so, that, so that means people at home that we don't get paid for the races. We don't get they a are, appearance they, fee. They, they, they're, they're like uh, saying that they've already paid for them for exactly. the year. Yeah. So we don't get a appearance fee. We don't get nothing. You show up and you got to run. If you don't, then you're going to get reduced. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's almost Facts. like you feel like you're forced to do so. Basically, right? you're getting free, free, free shows. So um, with that being said, this I felt this was a special moment. And I related to my agent like, bro, I'm not going to go out here and, and run this race. The first race that everyone's willing to watch. The two world record holders battle against each other, and then it's going to be subpar. Like, if, if they're not going to pay us, then we have to have individual races. And then they went, they sat down, we had a little pushback, we had negotiations, and then it became two races. That's good. So that's the only time in Prefontaine history that it was two men's 100-meter races that were both A races. And from your perspective, because you watched it, yeah. you, how'd you feel? What'd you see when you watched it? I mean... For me, man, that was one of the most, it's one of my favorite times as, as an athlete, period. You know what I mean? Because you're able to see the greatest of an era, of both of that era, both of y'all, and y'all got to see both of y'all put the pieces together. You know what I mean? In separate races. It was amazing. But it was like, it, it heightened up the situation because y'all wasn't going head to head. So it was like y'all were running for time. So that time, it was like you could like time and pride. It was because like, you had to run a faster time than me, but also from a different race. That's facts. So yeah. it was like, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot going into that. So I was like, damn, I'm trying to see who, who gonna do what, and it was dope. I really don't even remember who won or who won the fastest time, but it was like y'all both put down two beautiful races. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I had the opportunity to see two beautiful art pieces put down. That's how I look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, legit. Nah, I, like I mean, it's it was one of my favorite It was a cool situations. time. Yeah, it, was it was a cool time. I, but I had to put my business hat on for that moment because well, it had I'm to keep be. it real. People don't understand this and they're not going to know what you're saying. Me and you get it because we're having that conversation. But see, they get paid to go to show up to the meet and they get paid to win purses and prizes from the meet at, for certain hundreds. So they're not getting paid to do that at Nike. So they're not doing that. They're just, they're getting paid regular dollars or whatever for winning the first or second or third place. And that's the issue is that they could have gotten paid more somewhere else, especially for that marquee of an event. That's a that's like a spectacle. You know what I mean? Facts. Yeah. Yeah. What we got, man? I like that one. Yeah. Let's see. Mo Gree versus Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Michael again. I feel like that one, and we don't gotta stay long on it, but that one itself was like anticlimactic in a way, because it was like it was a build-up for the Olympic trials. Yeah. And it was Mo Green, who's more more or less, well, he is a hundred meter runner. So what happened? Tell sometimes. people that don't know what happened. Tell them what happened. Why is it so anticlimactic? I, I just feel like because they both pulled up in the, in the race at the same time. <laughs> both of them pulled their hamstring in the race at the same time. Hey, like literally, like hey, Mike, you pulled up in that Donovan Bailey race. Too. Oh <laughs> like, man, bro, it's like I, sometimes you can't say something to you though. Pressure bust pipes, bro. 
And sometimes all that beef, you know, it, 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 for a sprinter, you can't be loose when you tighten up like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's why you find a lot of sprinters don't talk a lot of trash because they know that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, it's a high probability that you might lose, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. you gonna eat your words. You yeah. might lose. Like, too. <laughs> like, like press conference afterwards, yeah. the post-race press yeah. conference. Yeah. Hey, dog, talk all the trash you want to talk yeah. in there. <laughs> Before that, yeah. the world's going to remember that. And when bro, you come across that line less than first, yeah. And, 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 and that's look good what, for you. And that's like boxing, right? So, like, in boxing, boys talk that trash, and then they come back and get beat up, and that conference be different, right? So I think that's the same thing with sprinting, and that's why we have to have these rival rivalries. Yeah, that's yeah. the concept. You know, talking that trash, backing it up, talking that trash, not backing it up. Right? Those are the two options, right? Nice. And both of those options lead into great storylines, great uh, future confrontations, um, great legacies as well. Because people remember pivotal rivalries. People remember the Kobe versus LeBron. Kobe remembers the Kobe Jordan era. People remember these eras of times where he was the greats versus the greats. So I think that, you know, to commemorate and to make sure that it's a significant, substantial uh, memory of the moment, we need the elites, the juggernauts, the kings of the kings or the queens of the queens to go at it and to win and to lose, at, you know, on stage. Yeah. I think the future of this system and the future of this game is going to be more a la carte battles, one-on-ones, where we see these people talk that ish and get paid like a, like a heavyweight fight, you know? Yeah, because you can walk away with your ego not as bruised. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You got, you got paid. Yeah, you got paid. But I think that's the mentality of this generation that's out yeah. now. The fact is that, you know, win or lose, I'm getting paid. That's what it is. That's factual. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm, not, I'm not against that. You know yeah. what I mean? At the end of the day, like, if, you know, what are we running for? And I'm running for pride is cool, but it's like having the, the luxury to run for pride is what I'm looking for. Mm. The luxury. You can run for pride when you don't have to pay bills. Mm. That's not luxury we have when bills are okay. coming. So you're saying that it needs to be a standard. Man, we got to at least be in a place where we have the, of, okay. Yeah, if you want to run for pride, let's make that a luxury. Gotcha. Like, if you want to talk trash and line up, let's do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel that. You right. know what I'm saying? But until you financially sustainable as a business and a family, bro, don't do that. You know what I mean? Make sure you're getting paid, players, so you can feed baby. Back facts. Yeah. So, what else we got? Anyone else? Uh, let me see. I mean, substantial rivalries. And I'm, I'm going to get, you know, something that's newer, I guess, today. Um... Who would you like to see? Would you like to see a rivalry of some sort? Do I want to see a rivalry right yeah. now? Do I want? I feel because I feel like rivalries are good for the sport. For one, right? Um, am I a fan of being in a rivalry? Nah, not really. I ain't gonna lie. Because yeah. what happens is, you get as an athlete who's in a rivalry, you get consumed by certain emotions. Yeah, targeted towards that that topic or that individual, right? Yeah, and it can be good or it can be bad. It can make you, you know, what I'm saying, stronger, yeah. better, faster. You know. Or it can break you, period, yeah. right? Yeah. And you never like recover from that. True. Because when you lose to your rival, yeah, it's like a worse loss than just losing just it in front of the world. Like that's a pride is on the line, egos on the line. It hurts. All the hard work, your confidence on the line. Yeah. You're gonna start second guessing yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's uncontrollable emotions that attach to that. Automatically comes you know? with me losing. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I feel it's good for the sport. From a business and a spectator side. But it's hard on the competitors. It's hard. It's definitely hard on the competitors. That's factual. It's definitely hard on the competitors. I think so, yeah. Like, people don't really understand 
And I think that goes to the psyche and the psychology of the sport. You know, and that's what I like about me being around you. You've spent time with me expressing to me what your psychology is running against Usain Bolt. You um, told me what you thought of and how you had to overcome you know, an injury prior, you know, from your ankle during warmups and things prior, just weeks, few weeks prior to running against him and defeating him at yeah. one of the pivotal time of your career and his career. And, you know, your psychology behind it, I think it's very second to none. And, you know, I have, I, I work for one, I'm a coach and then I'm also a father and I, I'm, I, I recently have my own, you know, my own son. Mm-hmm. And these are some of the things that I would hope that you would be able to, as being Uncle Gatlin, to, you know, instill into him or at least converse with him on how to handle that type of pressure. To, because people don't understand the amount of pressure that you were facing that was more than sports related to the moment. The whole entire crowd wanted him to win over you. And you were able to do that, which, which was win at that moment, and then still be graceful, still be, you know, a, a champion of champions. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was the telltale sign of your true legacy. For me, was when that happened and that occurred. And for me, I don't, I don't really give a shit if people don't like what I'm saying. But for me, that's why you're the GOAT. Because people don't like to say that. When I, when I say that, they want to give me all kind of problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to give me static. But that's why I feel like you're, the, you're one of the greatest of all times, period. Is because you were able to sustain so many generations and under the type of pressure that you have. To be bold was easier. To be you was way harder. And I think that's what represents sprinting. Sprinting in general is a hard sport that comes with a lot of adversities. And you usually don't ride the wave for a long time unless you are God's gift to sprinting, which I think God's gift was Usain physically. Yeah, yeah. He was the most physical, the built to run ever. That's him. You wanted to build a sprint machine, that was Usain. But if you wanted to create an individual who can take on sprinting, that was you. Yeah. And that's how I looked at it. That's That was my perception of you. And that's why you were my favorite sprinter coming up. Appreciate it, Doc. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, man. Well, we have it. That's another episode of Ready, Set, Go. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Tune in for the next episode, man. We out.